from LPL Financial, welcome to Market Signals. I'm your host, Ryan Dietrich. While the COVID numbers are getting a little bit better, um, still got a ways to go. It's, it's just unlikely that the vaccine meaningfully helps Q1 um, growth numbers. So a little bit of a soft patch, but that doesn't change the fact that starting in Q2, this economy could really get going. Um, bolstered by stimulus and um, you know we continue to have a very positive outlook for um, the economy and markets uh, through 2021. Hi everybody welcome to this week's latest edition of the LPL Market Signals podcast. Ryan Dietrich here and as always on the line up in Boston Jeff Bookbinder. Jeff we are recording this call the Friday before the long weekend just to make sure it gets out on time so yeah, I guess we can say it like this do you have any plans for the nice long holiday weekend? Well, Ryan, I'm definitely going to watch some football. Uh, got yeah. some good good playoff games, no doubt. And the weather's supposed right. to be okay here in Boston, which is certainly uh, unlike your typical mid-January. So, um, you know, going to get kids outside, have some friends over, of course, socially distanced, um, and, um, you know, try to enjoy uh, a little time outside. How about yourself? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, no, we similar. Um, I guess it's fun. We can make some predictions. And by the time people hear it, it'll, it'll – um, It'll be, it'll be over. Obviously, my prediction of an Ohio State victory against Alabama came crashing and burning. That did not go so well. But I, I do think your Chiefs are going to win. But I'll tell you, the team, the, my silent team, I think the Ravens, they, they were the hottest team the first five weeks. They were the hottest team the last five weeks. They just fell apart in the middle. But it looks like another Ravens-Chief battle. Who are the Chiefs even playing? I can't remember. And the Browns. And, oh, that's uh, right. You know, I learned not to, make, not to make football predictions. Last week, yeah. I, I went along with you on that Ohio State upset <laughs> yeah. call. Which it's fun. Happy. Hey, it's all right. All right, Jeff. Well, hey, good good luck to everybody's teams. Um, let's just get into it, right? We, we've got a, a lot to discuss. It's earnings season. Jeff, you are the earnings guru, so we're going to talk, a, give a little bit of a preview of fourth quarter earnings, kind of where we see things uh, going. We're also going to focus on the blue wave. And we talked about that last week, but I'll tell you, it's one of the most popular questions that we've received from our advisor or more than 17,000 advisors and and their clients and impacts the blue wave. So we'll talk a little bit more about that. And then policy, we're going to give a little bit of a policy update with the stimulus update with the Joe Biden uh, policy plan or economic policy plan that was just released on Thursday evening and kind of the impacts of that. Like where, where should you invest? It's one thing to have this policy plan, but where should you invest? And we actually made some changes in the way we see the world here at LPL Research uh, just recently. Just minor tweaks, I guess we could say, but it kind of plays in uh, there as well. So Jeff, I mean, this is going to be you talking for a while, I think. This is your your baby, your expertise. Fourth quarter earnings. I'll just set the table. Uh, we are sharing a chart on our YouTube channel. Looks like we're going to see some some positive earnings growth coming in the first quarter and the rest of this year. Um, you know, I guess my question, Jeff, and you can take it in a second. You know, you wrote our weekly market commentary that people can read. You broke down earnings season. It seems like most people expect earnings to come in pretty good. All right, the last two quarters we saw historic beats to the upside. Do you think we're in line to do that once again? Yeah, Ryan, we are, but it's probably not going to be quite the amount of upside that we got yeah. last quarter or the quarter before, right? We had you know, record levels of upside surprises in um, Q2, Q3. So, you know, something a little above average, but not double digits uh, in terms of upside is, is probably a reasonable expectation. Uh, so why could we see strong upside? Well, um, Estimates have been rising, which is rare mm-hmm, uh, during the right. fourth quarter. Um, estimates rose for the fourth quarter. Uh, and then, um, you know, guidance has been really good 
just like it was the last couple quarters, right? More companies raising estimates as opposed to lowering them. Um, and then, you know, the ISM index, the um, Institute for uh, Supply Management Manufacturing Index has historically correlated with upside surprises. We got a booming number uh, for December, over 60. Remember, 50 is the breakpoint between mm -hmm. expansion and contraction. Uh, so a number over 60, which was, I think, the second highest in, in right. 15 years, uh, certainly bodes well for um, upside surprises. Now, the other side of this is that we know that the economy lost some momentum late in the fourth quarter. Got more evidence of that just this morning with the retail sales uh, numbers, which were weak. The jobs report for December was weak. So we'll, we'll dive into those a little bit later, but we will talk some about that. But yes, recently some weak data, no doubt. Mm -hmm. So that might lead to a little bit less upside in Q4 and potentially, along with this COVID wave, which unfortunately is far from over, uh, could mean maybe guidance is a little bit more tempered uh, than um, it otherwise will be. So, you know, we would certainly expect solid upside. You know, maybe we make a run at flat year over year, um, but most likely we'll end up with a, you know, low to mid single digit decline uh, in S&P 500 earnings uh, year over year. That doesn't mean we won't get earnings growth in Q1. Um, expectations are for a really strong rebound starting Q1. That's when the comparisons get easy, right? Right. Remember Q1 of 2020, uh, when the pandemic hit, was a weak quarter. Um, so we're going to see a really strong ramp here. You can see it in this chart for those watching, uh, and certainly that's going to help support uh, stock prices here, despite the fact that we're up, you know, north of 65% off the lows. <laughs> Yes, we are. I think earnings season needs to step up once again. Like you said, we're up over 65%, 70% just the other day. Um, earnings better step up, and, and they likely will. Like you said, though, um, you know, the earnings recession is likely over. But, Jeff, that's the U.S., right? And I want to talk about sectors and kind of who might do well and who won't do well in a second. But, you know, this is a global economy. I mean, what, what are we seeing from a global point of view as it pertains to earnings? I guess specifically emerging markets and developed um, international. Yeah, er, emerging market earnings uh, have been much better, frankly, than the developed right. world. A much smaller earnings decline in 2020. That's not all that surprising given you know, the Chinese economy has held up so better they've come out of the pandemic sooner. Um, and a lot of the Asian economies that make up the emerging market index have also done relatively well economically, you know, Taiwan, uh, Korea. So um, EM has, you know, not only held up better in, in, in 2020 in terms of earnings declines uh, being smaller, you've also got uh, expectations for a stronger earnings growth number in, in 2021. Um, so that's, that's really, if you want to point to one reason why we like emerging market equities, um, that would be it. Um, consensus reflects 30% earnings growth for EM in 2021, which would really be wow. a strong support for investing in those markets if we get that, that kind of growth. And I, I don't know if you said it or not, but consensus is 30 for emerging markets. What's consensus for the U.S.? Is it still in the low 20s right now for, for uh, 2021? That's right, 22% uh, at okay. last check. So still, you know, obviously great number that just would get us back to where we were uh in 2019 pre-pandemic a little bit ahead of that if if we get it so we're, we're still in that phase where we're recovering lost earnings from the pandemic 
Um, but uh, you know, 2022 is is when you know we could really see uh, some of the efficiencies that companies have gained during this time, particularly with all the technology investment. That could really bear fruit, and and we could see. Uh, a really big earnings number in, in, in 2022. And that's how we're valuing the stock market here. Right. Because earnings will remain depressed this year while we're still digging out of the hole. Yeah, good stuff there, Jeff. So let's break it down on sectors, then we're going to move forward. Um, you know, technology and healthcare feel like they're the two biggest parts of the, the stock market, and they've been a big cog in why stocks have done so well. They've also had some good earnings growth. And the other side of things, energy and financials haven't done as well. You know, how do you see earnings breaking down from a sector point of view here in the fourth quarter earnings that are going to start to be released, um, you know, starting literally today on Friday morning as we're recording mm -hmm. this with some of those big banks? Yeah, well, I think one of the reasons it's going to be tough for earnings to grow year over year is because we're not getting as much help from uh, technology and healthcare as we got in the last couple of quarters. We'll still get help. I mean, those are probably going to be the two uh, strongest quarters in terms of earning, or strongest sectors in terms of earnings growth this quarter. Uh, and we expect to see growth out of both of those sectors uh, in terms of earnings, but they're just, the weights are big, but they're just not big enough to carry everything else. And so, you know, you look at, um, you know, some of the cyclical values, value sectors, including financials, which will probably see an earnings decline, energy, which will see a massive earnings decline as it's been seeing really all, you know, the past year. Um, and uh, industrials too, very challenged. Um, a lot of the, um, the parts of the economy that are hardest hit from the pandemic are in those sectors. You know, you could add brick and mortar retail, which is part of the consumer discretionary sector to that. Uh, certainly those, um, those companies uh, continue to struggle with the pandemic. So, you know, it's like this K-shaped recovery, the haves have nots, right? A lot of companies are doing quite well, um, but a lot of companies are not. And so, um, when you you know mash all that together, you're going to end up with you know pretty close to flat, probably, but growth is uh, is, is quite unlikely. Yeah, I want to point out one thing that you did mention. You said you know potentially by the end of this year, earnings will be above where they were before the recession started, before the pandemic started. I think you know six months ago when you and I were probably doing another. <laughs> Another one of these earnings estimates. We didn't think there was any chance of that happening, right? I mean, the, the beats that we saw the previous two quarters really brought earnings up a lot. And I think it's just amazing. I mean, Jeff, off the top of your head, I mean, when you have an earnings drop like we did earlier this year, normally kind of like the stock market, it takes a long time to get back to new highs. This time it took like five months to make up for a 34% uh, correction. It usually takes a lot longer for earnings to come back. Am I correct in that assumption? Yes, absolutely. Uh, eight to 10 quarters, uh, oh, I think it's the typical time to recover earnings declines in recessions. Uh, so um, this, this is fast. I mean, everything about this recovery has been fast, right? right? We recover <laughs> those losses really fast. We're going to come out of recession really fast. And certainly the earnings uh, repairs will be uh, pretty fast too. No, absolutely. So, Jeff, we probably need to move forward. I do want to touch on the Johnson & Johnson vaccine. I think it's interesting because it's all kind of play. I don't even think I talk about this, but read about it this morning. Um, you know, by the time we hear this, most of you listen to this, maybe those results will be out, but it's anticipated the Johnson & Johnson vaccine will have an 80 to 85 percent effective rate. Now, remember, the Moderna and the Pfizer one are 95 percent effective. But here's the catch. The Johnson & Johnson one is just one shot. You don't need two shots. Also, it does need to be saved in those super freezers that like you see those images of the big trucks with the super freezers. It doesn't need that. So this is 
you know, another vaccine on the way with the AstraZeneca one that's already in the UK and Europe and working its way to the US here soon. Multiple vaccines that are going to help us just wipe out COVID, you know, by the second half of this year, at least in the U.S. and hopefully globally within the next year or so. And this Johnson & Johnson vaccine is going to make it a lot easier without having to store it. It's much easier to transport it. So again, it all kind of plays in with what we're talking about to open the economy up to get earnings to come back. But Jeff, that was an awesome conversation. We do need to move forward. Let's talk about the blue wave. And I'll talk a little bit on this one. Um, Again, (laughs) the most popular question we've received at LPL Research for the past two weeks has been to talk a little bit about the blue wave. We did talk about it last week, right? I mean, we focus on policy and and some other things. But, you know, I want to take a look from the stock market point of view, because we've had the the questions and, you know, to be blunt, some concerns of if there's a blue wave, what could it mean if you have higher taxes and higher regulation? And could that impact, you know, from an investment's point of view. And we are sharing a chart on our YouTube channel. And I did a blog on it on lplresearch.com on Friday. Took a look since 1900. When you have a new Democratic president, so it's the first year in office, um, what happens? Well, what got me was they bring the Senate and, and the House with them every single time. All right. It would have been more rare if Georgia didn't come out the way it did to have a split Congress, because that's not normally what happens when you have a new Democratic president. But what got me also was it's a 50-50 Senate. All right, that's about as close as it gets, last I checked. But look at the House. The Democrats have an 11-seat majority in the House. That's the smallest majority the Democrats have had since 1876, okay? So, yes, there's a blue wave, right? But I think it's much closer. And we've talked for a while on this on this podcast about how gridlock can be good. You don't have too much extremes to the left or to the right, Um when you have those kind of checks and balances. We're going to talk about policy and Joe Biden's economic plan very, very soon. But I think that's something to be aware of. And then you just look at how stocks do, right? I mean, let's say, okay, well, what do stocks do when you have a new Democratic president and and both chambers of Congress uh, that lean to the left? Well, six of the eight years, stocks were higher and the average returns up around 12%. So all in all, um, you know, what we're seeing this year, the response, the opening up of the economy, uh, whether you agree with the policies or not, we think, you know, the st- stocks are probably going to continue to go higher as this economy keeps opening up. I mean, Jeff, do you have any, any other takeaways or kind of the, 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 um, the, the chart that we're discussing and, the, and the, the thoughts we're discussing right here? The, the key point high level here is that the economic cycle matters more. Yep. Corporate profits matter more, and those tend to overpower uh, the policy changes that you might see. <clears throat> so don't put too much weight on this. Um, but certainly this, uh, this study you put together, Ryan, uh, should give folks comfort who are worried about right. the tax increases, the regulation, and some of those types of things. And we call our podcast Market Signals, right? We're trying to find, you know, quantified factual data that shows us a potential path to where we're going. And, and again, this has been a concern that we've, 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 we've heard loud and clear from people. And then hopefully um, this can help alleviate some of that. Oh, and here we go. I, I actually, um, on, the, on the YouTube channel, I am showing a chart that we shared in our blog, but it just shows the very, very small majority of 11 on the uh, Senate and historically just how, how rare and how small that truly, truly is. So just uh, kind of um, kind of fascinating. But Jeff, let's go forward. But I do want to focus on something that I think is um, extremely important. <laughs> I mentioned, I don't know, maybe two months ago on, the, on this podcast and how I just absolutely love Cobra Kai. The, the, I guess it started as a YouTube show uh, years ago and then Netflix bought it and they did their Netflix magic and Anyway, there's been season one, season two, season three. Last night, I knew you and I were going to talk about this, and I'll go to you in a second because I know you've started watching it. I watched like 
I don't know. It was a long day at work. I, it was busy. I was stressed. There's a lot of stuff. Did some stuff with the kids. From like nine to probably 12.30 last night, I watched like six in a row, the fine, the most recent season, season three. It, it starts a little slow. It is awesome at the end. It is just the most ridiculous show, but it's so good. And the way I don't want to give it away, but the way they ended season three, you're just like, oh my goodness, I cannot wait for season four. So Jeff, tell me, you're hooked on Cobra Kai. What, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I like the the nostalgia of it, right? I mean, mm-hmm. uh, bringing oh, yeah. these things back from, you know, my childhood, it, that's certainly a lot of fun. Uh, you know, maybe I, I could use little less violence i mean sometimes it gets pretty intense season um, three got really so intense yeah it's probably yeah. not yeah that um that that school fight certainly not um child friendly at least not young child friendly but um it, it's they did a really great job with it. it it's it's an excellent show and and certainly your suggestion to watch it and you know one of my uh kids friends watches it mm-hmm. um it's uh yeah it's, it's a great show so i'm, I'm glad i've uh, i've jumped in and I've, I've caught up. I'm about halfway, or a little more than halfway through season three. So, uh, really? almost right there well, with you. Yeah, like you said, season three, they bring back people like from from the show. You're like, oh, they brought her back. They brought him back. It just, it's just mm-hmm. real. It's really neat. But it, you just turn the news on. It's like, ah, oh, it's kind of just depressing, right? And then Ohio State lost. I'm depressed there. It's like, it's kind of fun just to go to this little silly, goofy world of Cobra Kai. So, yeah, enough about that, Jeff. But I, I tell you, you know, let us know what you think of Cobra Kai. I think, uh, it's like the number one or two ranked show on Netflix. So I'm pretty sure people like it. Um, so Jeff, you know, let's talk a little bit about claims here. The recent data um, week, and then, then we'll do the, the Joe Biden policy and wrap it up. Uh, I'll just make it quick here. Claims spiked 965,000 last week, way above expected, highest level since late August. And you just mentioned this morning, and to be blunt, I haven't had a chance to truly dive in, but the headline number was that retail sales number just missed. So some of the job in the last month, or I'm sorry, last week's jobs number for the month of December came in way beneath expected levels. I mean, Jeff, the thing that I'm hearing though, <laughs> all these weak data points, bad is good again. We're at okay, well now we can actually get more policy, which we're going to talk about next. I mean, you want to build on anything about some of the recent economic data that's been on the disappointing side? Sure. Uh, so you know, the jobs number that that really started it. Not a big surprise because we know some of these new COVID-related restrictions came in, right? Mm. And um, some of the high-frequency data that we see, um, you know, I'm talking about data that comes in daily, uh, particularly mobility data, seeing how many people are moving around and how much and all of that. Um, it, it just, it, it was pointing to some softness at the end of, yep. of last year. So that's no surprise. But now we're getting right. the major economic data points to confirm that. The jobs uh, report for December you know, lost 140,000 jobs net. Then you get the retail sales uh, data down uh, 0.7%, another example. So, um, you know, we're probably going to see economic growth expectations for Q4 come down a bit. That's not a huge surprise either, um, given what I just laid out. And then we'll probably see, um, you know, a little more cautious outlook for Q1 because unfortunately, while the COVID numbers are getting a little bit better, um, still got a ways to go. It's, it's just unlikely that the vaccine meaningfully helps Q1 um, growth numbers. So a little bit of a soft patch, but that doesn't change the fact that starting in Q2, this economy could really get going, um, bolstered by stimulus. And um, you know, we continue to have a very positive outlook for um, the economy and markets uh, through 2021. 
Well, let's go there. Let's go to stimulus. So last night on Thursday night, again, we're recording this Friday morning, uh, President-elect Biden announces $1.9 trillion economic plan. The high level, it didn't seem like there are any major surprises in there. A couple key things. This is being viewed as phase one. Phase two will likely be sometime in the summer, probably before it can officially kind of get out there. Uh, infrastructure, healthcare, renewable energy likely are phase two. In phase one, we have over a trillion dollar to households, $1,400 checks, uh, rental um, help as well, over $400 billion to the virus and distributing the virus, or I'm sorry, distributing the vaccines. Don't want to distribute the virus. We do enough of that on our own. We'll, we'll distribute the vaccine. Um, uh, $440 billion to hard hit businesses, uh, supplemental unemployment goes up to $400 a week. It was 300 currently it's $300 a week. Um, boosting minimum wage also, asking Congress to boost minimum wage to $15 an hour. The big sticking point, Jeff, and I'm going to turn it to you, is there's, again, at least what I've read so far, no liability protection. That's something the Republicans really want in there. You know, $1.9 trillion, do you think we're going to get it there? Or what number will it finally come in at, again, with kind of taking out something the Republicans really wanted in there? Oh, it'll probably be about half that size for phase mm -hmm. one. Right. Yep. Um, the Democrats seem to want bipartisan support for a deal. So that would lead to a slimmer version. You know, and you're going to have to take out some of these things that uh, the Republicans don't like to get those extra 10 votes in the Senate. Or um, if they go through the reconciliation process, which limits what you can do, the, that would only require yes. 50 votes, but that would lead to a much uh, slimmer version. So um, we're still in the, call it 700 billion to a trillion range for this phase, probably gets done by the end of February and then um, phase two will be bigger. And that's when you bring in the tax increases to fund more spending We'll see infrastructure. We'll see more green energy spending yep. at that time. So, you know, all in, maybe with the two phases, you could make a run at $3 trillion, But um, probably something, you know, between 2 and $3 trillion total would be uh, my best guess at this point. And don't forget, just last month, we had the second largest fiscal plan ever <laughs> in our country at $900 billion. Um, So, you know, it's going to be there's going to be some back and forth here though, you know, 1.9 trillion. That's a lot of money when you start getting into it. So likely we'll be a little lower, but Hey, we're getting there as we just talked about with the claims and some of the really disappointing data that we're seeing. Um, we need to help people. Well, Jeff, let's finish it up here. We've only got maybe a minute, minute and a half. I wish we, we probably could talk all day on this one, but from an investments point of view in our global portfolio strategy report that we released monthly to our more than 17,000 advisors and further clients, we made some changes. And, you know, kind of some of this policy stuff is partially some of the reason. You want to go over high level of some of the changes that we made and, and, and how we see the world um, from an investment point of view? Yeah, so this cyclical value rally has gotten a ton of attention. Um, and so, you know, we've moved a little bit in that direction. Uh, but given the, the nature of the pandemic, we're not in with both feet. So what we did, we, we upgraded financials to um, neutral. You can see that here at the bottom. Uh, you, you could say we have a positive bias to move even more uh, to the right on that. Uh, the interest rate environment's gotten much better for financials and certainly um, the, uh, the stimulus helps as well as we get closer to a fully reopened 
economy with a stronger bridge to get there. And then um, we, um, we took down communication services, which is very growthy. It has the big internet names in there. It's about half um, digital communications and internet. Um, so what that means is that we're more balanced growth value. We've had the growth overweight in our portfolios for uh, much of 2020. Um, we started to move more in balance and um, reducing that growth overweight and reducing the, the value uh, underweight. We'll have some bumps, we think, in the next month or two as, again, we move through the pandemic. Um, but uh, certainly encouraging to see more parts of the market help broaden out uh, the participation. Absolutely. Well said. And I one, one final thing I wanted to touch on, uh, Joe Biden announced um, uh, on Thursday night, he said in his first 100 days, he wanted to have 100 million doses of the vaccine given to Americans. According to the CDC, only 11 million doses have been given so far. So that's a very optimistic view, but one that let's hope we can absolutely hit. So Jeff, thank you uh, so much as always for being here. Everyone, thank you for your continued listening. Uh, to this podcast and watching it on the YouTube channel. We really appreciate it. Um, you keep showing up. We'll keep doing it. And again, by the time you hear this, I'm just going to say hopefully everyone had a really awesome three-day weekend. And, um, you know, hey, <laughs> earning season's upon us. We're going to have an, officially a new president uh, very, very soon as well. So there's a lot to continue to talk about. Policy is swirling. But the bottom line is the second half of this year, the economy really should open up. And we still think this bull market has a lot of life left. So everybody, thanks again for being here. We'll see you next week. Take care. Bye-bye. This material was provided by LPL Financial, is for general information only, and is not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. There is no assurance that the views or strategies discussed are suitable for all investors or will yield positive outcomes. Investing involves risks, including possible loss of principle. Any economic forecasts set forth in the podcast may not develop as predicted and are subject to change. References to markets, asset classes, and sectors are generally regarded the corresponding market index. All indexes are unmanaged and cannot be invested into directly. Index performance is not indicative of the performance of any investment. All performance reference is historical and it's no guarantee of future results. All information referenced in the podcast is believed to be from reliable sources. However, we make no representation as to its completeness or accuracy. Securities and advisory services offered through LPL Financial, a registered investment advisor and broker-dealer. Member FINRA and SIPC, insurance products are offered through LPL or its licensed affiliates. To the extent you are receiving investment advice from a separately registered investment advisor that is not an LPL affiliate, please note LPL makes no representation with respect to such entity. If your financial professional is located at a bank or credit union, please note that the bank or credit union is not registered as a broker dealer or investment advisor. These products and services are being offered through LPL or its affiliates which are separate entities from and not affiliates of the bank or credit union. Securities and insurance offered through LPL or its affiliates are not insured by the FDIC or NCUA or any government agency. Not bank or credit union guaranteed, not bank or credit union deposits or obligations and may lose value. 